Welcome to Beyond the Sermon. Uh, I'm Pastor Dave Rudat from Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Shirley. I'm joined this morning by Pastor Dave Endorf from Brooklyn Heights, uh, Brooklyn Lutheran Church in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Uh, welcome, Dave. Hi. Thanks. Good to be here. And Pastor Will Harley from Maribel Caves may be joining us from his cave in Maribel, um, maybe a little bit later, as he is... I know he preached on the gospel lesson, so I also preached on the gospel lesson from this previous Sunday. So all of our efforts to go beyond uh, the sermon that is that we preached, talk about uh, some of the things we we covered, and maybe we wish we would have had more time to cover as we go through the text today. So our first text that we're looking at is the the Old Testament lesson from Genesis chapter fifty. So let me get that on the screen here. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and will pay us back in full for all the evil that we did to him. They sent the following message to Joseph before he died. Your father commanded us, You are to tell Joseph, Please forgive the offense of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. Now please forgive the offense of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. The brothers also came and fell down in front of him, and they said, See now, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring this to pass and to keep many people alive as it is to this day. Now therefore do not be afraid. I will nourish you and your little ones. He comforted them and spoke to them in a kind way. So, uh, Pastor Endorf, you did this sermon today, so tell us about, walk us through your sermon. and So the... So the sermon is is always guided in my mind by the gospel lesson because um, that that sets the theme for the day. So I, I focused really on forgiveness because that's the the point of of what Jesus says. So looking then at the Old Testament reading, you know Jesus says, you know, forgive them from your heart, and that's what we see Joseph doing. You know, and I started by applying the law and saying, um, you know, look, look at where the brothers' minds are. You know, their their head is in the wrong spot. Uh, you you see that in their words. We're servants of the God of um, your father, and they they've got that wrong relationship going with God. You know, it, it it's our God. And because of that, you see that they're they're trying to play fast and loose with the truth, you know. And so they're trying to manipulate their brother, which was something that Jacob did, um, you know. And so they're following that example that that sin of the father is keeps on going, and you know they essentially lie to their brother, uh, of trying to keep themselves safe. You know, and that's what happens when we rely on ourselves. And so instead of having peace, you know, they have lies and, and trickery and and worry. And in contrast to that, you have Joseph, who has every right to be angry and, and bitter. And, and yet he's the one who has peace because... He can see, you know, God meant it for good. 
and, and God used it for good. And so he forgives his brothers, you know, from his heart. And, and he doesn't say it. And we don't always tell people we forgive them because you don't tell the unrepentant you're forgiven. And, and there's good reason sometimes not to tell somebody, I forgive you, but we still forgive them. And, and sometimes we just have to say, you know, uh, to ourselves, I forgive you, but you're really in God's hands now. So we don't have a relationship, but I forgive you. I do find and, it fast. Oh, go ahead. I just, oh, no, uh, go, go. Um, before you move on, I do find it fascinating that even though the brothers lied to him and manip- tried to manipulate the situation, uh, they did speak a truth. I think the, probably the truth that Joseph was looking for was that they admitted that what they had done to him was evil that this was a bad thing that they did. And and so yeah. um, they they didn't justify themselves. They were, uh, uh, even though they were in a manipulative way trying to, to move up, all they needed to tell Joseph was, what we did was evil. And then Joseph spit that back, spit that back to them and says, yeah, what you did was evil, but I'm going to take care of you. But I'm going to comfort you with this forgiveness that uh, that we have because we have a God who takes care of us. And that's really the right foundation that Joseph goes back to, you know, it's that foundation of God and his work for us, you know, and so he forgives them from his heart, you know, and, and this is what's, you know, not just available for us to have that life of peace, you know, this is what God commands us to do, you know, and so we look at Joseph and, and he's not unique in that. Boy, that's amazing. People should be like him. That's what everybody's supposed to be. And so we don't look at Joseph like an Olympic athlete. Like, oh, that's one in a a billion people who can forgive. It's, no, this is everybody. And unless we're at that level, we aren't like God. And we are separating ourselves from God because God is loving and forgiving, and we're not. And, and so we are pulling away from a God who is loving and forgiving. And so we see Joseph's uniqueness not in how he forgives, but in how God is using him in his plan of salvation. And and that's what we talked about really last Thursday in the you know, look at the Old Testament in, in taking care of the line of the Savior. You know, Judah's kids here are carrying the line of the Savior. And, you know, that's where, you know, Joseph can see part of the plan of salvation, you know, that, that he's saving people from a famine. But the reality is so much more than that. He's God's using him to save the world from their sins. And he's saving us from our lack of forgiveness, our lack of love, by providing for the line of the Savior so that Jesus can come and can wash us clean because we don't forgive the way Joseph does. We don't forgive because Jesus died for their sins. You know, and, and that's kind of a period end of the story. You know, we forgive because, well, I made them suffer for it. And so now I can let it go. 
you know, we don't forgive because I trust that God's going to work it out. Um, and, and so we are, and so that's how God forgives us and, and washes us clean. And that's what God is, is doing here. And then that changes how, that changes everything about our lives, you know, and, and how we live our lives, because God is a God who changes evil into good. And we don't minimize the things that people go through and the things that people have done for or to us, you know, because people suffer evil things. And it's one of the things I didn't like about the NIV translation um, is that it, it gets rid of the word evil. You know, like you, you only forgive people when they do kind of naughty things against you. You know, you have legitimate enemies out there, you know, in the devil of the world and our sinful nature. You know, we they, forgive people who, yeah, no, go, go ahead. No, I, you were, uh, the, the thought was, of course, we are recipients of evil. We are dealing with evil within, within, not just from others, like you were saying. And then also the power of forgiveness that we have through what God has done for us uh, enables us to forgive from the heart, like you were saying at the beginning of our, our topic today, is that this is all about the, the gospel lesson of G, uh, from, Ma- from Matthew um, reminding us of the forgiveness that we have in Christ because of what Christ has done. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so we have those... We have those things to rely on then. You know, the sure and certain work of God that our sins are taken away. And also, you know, Christ's rule at the right hand of the Father to bless us and take care of us. And and so what can they do against us? You know, God's going to turn it into our good. And that's, that's because of those things, we have peace. And so when it comes to us forgiving... You know, we're like Joseph, not because God is um, going to get us if we don't, but because God has already forgiven us. He has already taken care of us and will never leave us or forsake us. And now, as his dear children, we have this amazing life that we get to live of of peace and joy and confidence. And we get to share that with other people so that the ones we love and care about, like our, our wives and, and our kids and our, our parents and our friends, you know, instead of having friction and frustration and, and bitterness, we get to, we get to forgive and we get to rejoice and we get to look for, for blessings and say, yeah, that, that, was horrible that was evil but hey look at what god did and and we get to look for those good things and say look at this this is awesome and and yeah i screwed up but hey look at what god did for us and this is great and and, and that yeah, life uh, yeah on the flip side I, I did this for my children's devotion on <clears throat> on sunday i had three bible stories i thought kids i i can tell you guys are ready to go, we're going to do three Bible lessons because I had to do the story of Joseph being sold into slavery, his time with Pot, not his time with Potiphar, but his the the reason why he got to be put in in head of of Egypt, and then now his brothers coming back, and I, I shared a proverb of, uh, um, that uh, carrying grudge, carrying a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies, and yeah. and so here here this is what we have instead of that look. 
uh, the world is teaching us to carry grudges and to carry our anger with us wherever we go. But here, uh, Joseph and our God and his word reminds us of the the benefit of not just talking to your brother about their sin, but also actually forgiving them from the heart. And that comes from a heart that recognizes their forgiveness that is found in Christ. Yeah, but you know how long he had to go through to, to get to that point? <laughs> jo- yeah, Joseph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah welcome, Will Harley. Years. Will Harley is joining us. Here he is. It, it took many years for him to get to that point. Yeah. yeah. And, and really, that's why I like to... That's why I like to linger over the gospel and the blessings that are there because, you know, we're preaching to people who are, you know, to speak allegorically, still stuck in the jail, who are are still stuck in, you know, whatever trial or or problem that somebody else has stuck them in. And, And they need to have that, that, goal held up in front of them so that they can focus on what is unseen and 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 have that encouragement to keep going because you know they know it's going to work out because of god's promise and, and the work of christ so that they can be encouraged to keep on going um and because it is going to take a long time you know, because you're right that's why we need god every week come to us in his service, Absolutely. giving us of his gifts. Yeah. Speaking of gifts, are we ready for the gospel lesson for today? And we have to, we've had, we've gone like 13 minutes and Will Harley hasn't said anything and we haven't been gifted with his wisdom yet. So in order to do that, we have to go through the gospel lesson for today. Uh, the gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came and asked Jesus, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother when he sins against me? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you as many as 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle them, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Because the man was not able to pay the debt, his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, children, and all that he owned to repay the debt. Then the servant fell down on his knees in front of them, saying, Master, be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. The master of that servant had pity on him, released him, and forgave the debt. Then when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. He grabbed him and began choking him, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and begged him, saying, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and threw the man into prison until he could pay back what he owed. When his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were very distressed. They went and reported to their master everything that had taken place. Then his master called him in and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave all that debt when you begged me to. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? His master was angry and handed him over to the jailers until he could pay back everything he owed. This is what my heavenly father will do to you unless each one of you forgives his brother from the heart. So, Pastor... Uh, good text. Good text. Pastor Harley preached on that. Walk us through your text and your yeah. sermon on Sunday. Um, so my, my sermon theme was, uh, how can I forgive you? Um, and uh, I I kind of was playing off of, you know, if... if um, 
Last week, we found a Lord who is willing to, to go and leave the 99 and, and go to find the one to pronounce forgiveness to them, to rescue them and save them. Um, that is the reason why we go to our brother. That was last week, right? Um, why we go to our brother and let them know of their sin that we may pronounce forgiveness. And I, and so I kind of built off that and I said, so if we see the example of our savior who does it and we see the why we want to do it. And I said, this is the how, how do we do this? And, uh, um, and, and I started off my entire sermon with, with just, uh, um, a counseling session between a husband and a wife who had, um, lost, all hope in their marriage and had come to the point where they're going to get a divorce. And they're like, well, we'll just go to the pastor anyway. Cause you know, we're the last people they turn to. And, um, the pastor in, in the counseling session, after hearing, hearing just a list of, of things that had been going on from both of them said, you know, have you forgiven each other? And, and their response is, yeah, that's what Christians do. Of course we have. So he said, well, this exercise is going to be easy. I want you to write in as many pieces of paper as it takes all the, all the things that you, that the other person has done to you, you know, write them all down. And the husband took about a half hour. They finished and the husband had a page and a half, uh, both sides. And the, the wife had seven pages, small print, both sides, uh, of things that, that, um, that the husband had done. And then the, uh, the pastor said, well, we're going to go on a field trip. And they went to the bathroom and he says, I want you to take those pages. I want you to crumple them up and I want you to throw them in the toilet. And the husband without missing a beat took both, both of his pages, crumpled them up, threw them in the toilet. The wife sat there for two minutes and, and took, uh, all but one of the pages and threw them in there. And, and, um, the pastor said, well, this is what forgiveness is. You know, this is, they're gone. It's done. Um, and he said, but I see you, you hold, held on to a page. And she said, yeah, I, I, these are things he continues to do. And I don't know how I can forgive him. And that kind of led into my, uh, you know, this is what Peter is saying. How many, how many times do I have to forgive? I understand why why I want to do this. I, I want to do this to pronounce forgiveness, but how many times? Because people are going to continue to do the same thing. And Jesus then gives this beautiful parable about the unmerciful servant, which really is about a master who takes a hit. Mm. And, and I, I kind of focus on that. Um, my sermon focused on the master who takes a hit. And I said, you know, the master was owed more money than you could ever pay off in a lifetime. He was owed more money than any, any, any person would be able to see in multiple lifetimes. And I said, and he took the hit. I said, I said, he never got that money back. He, 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 it was always and forever would be gone. It, it would always be a loss. But I said, he, he still forgives. He, he removes it from the, the other person's account. Uh, no longer is he going to look at that and say, when I see that, that deficit, I think of you and, and I hate you and, and I hate what you have done. But instead, um, I see that, yes, there's a deficit there, but, but it's attached to nobody. Um, and that servant goes out and he finds someone who owns him, owes him just a, you know, a couple of days worth, maybe a half a year's worth of, of, of money. And, and he 
throttles the man and he says, I, I, you pay me what you owe me because I'm not going to take this hit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, to let you, um, get away without paying me back what I deserve. Um, and, and how this, you know, frames the story. And I said, this is who we are. We, we want, we always have this in our heart that we, we deserve to have our vengeance. We deserve to have our anger. We deserve to be, to be paid back. We deserve to have our payback. Um, and if it's nothing else other than my feelings of anger, right? I, I deserve to be able to hold on to these things. And um, I kind of came back around and said, you know, but but when you forgive, you know, we we have it under this idea that forgiveness all of a sudden clears away everything. That forgiveness all of a sudden takes it all away. And I said, it doesn't. I said, there's still a deficit. You're still out. You, you, no matter if I forgive my wife for something, I'm still out. I just no longer apply it to her. And it's no longer her, her burden to carry. It, it, it's been removed from her. And I said, you know, we, we get it in our head that forgiveness is for us. It makes me feel better. It makes, I have lightened my load. I'm going to forgive because it's centered on me. And I'm like, this isn't, forgiveness isn't about us at all. <laughs> How I forgive has nothing to do with me has everything to do with them. And, and I said, you know, when our Lord forgives us, I said, someone takes the hit. And I said, and it's not you. And I said, and it's not for him. The Lord isn't saying, sitting up in heaven going, I have to forgive them somehow, because if I don't forgive them, I will never feel good about myself. I said, that's not, <laughs> that's not happening. I said, he forgives because you need it. He forgives because, because without it, you're lost and you're condemned and you're, you're going to hell and we all are. And so he puts the entire burden of the price. He puts the entire weight of everything onto his son and his son bears it all. And, and that's forgiveness. Forgiveness has nothing to do with, oh, now it's all of a sudden miraculously disappeared. No, someone else carries it. Someone else still has to, to go with the burden. Someone else still has, ha, takes the loss and, and gets the hit. And I said, and it's Christ who does it for you. And I said, and because Christ has done it for you, it changes who you are. So you can, you can take the hit for someone else. I said, that person who hurt you and, 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 and affected your ego or affected your, con, uh, your, your um, sensibilities of yourself, you take that hit. You'll carry that. You know, they made fun of your weight and it was really bad and it hurt, but you forgive them and you no longer apply that to that person or they, they actually physically hurt you and, and you carry that weight. You'll carry that burden, but it's no longer applied to them and, and they're free from, from that weight. And I, and I, so I, I really, I really tried to focus on, on the how, how do we do this? And looking at my savior and saying, he, he has taken the, the weight of what I deserve onto himself. He's paid it. It didn't just disappear. It didn't just float away and, and no, you know, God forgot about it. It's, it's, it's been paid for in Jesus and he still carries the wounds of it. Um, he still carries the wounds on his hands. He still carries the wounds um, and the scars of those things uh, on his feet and upon his brow and on his side um, because they're the reminder that I am forgiven. And, and that's the how. So that, that's kind of the, the way that, that I went um, with that. So, um, 
I, I could have focused a lot more probably on, on the idea from the heart, like you guys were, were focusing on and, and saying, you know, you do this forgiveness from the heart, but I, I really wanted to make it external, um, and, and really focus on the, the, you know, we forgive because of outside of us, you know, we forgive because of what the Lord has done outside of us. Um, and, and that changes who we are inside of us to, to carry the burden of someone else. Um, I, I, this whole entire week, I just struggled with, with this idea, you know, forgive and forget, forgive and forget. You hear it all over, forgive and forget. And there's no forgetting. Um, I'm not capable of forgetting. Maybe, maybe you're capable of forgetting, but, um, I'm not capable of doing that. And so, so I carry the weight, but yet I don't apply it to them. And, and so I really kind of, I kind of strive, uh, strove to, to highlight that in the sermon. Well, I, I certainly agree. Forgiveness isn't about forgetting, like as if like it's so e- like if you forgive someone, then you automatically should somehow forget what they've done. I, I, I understand where, where you're coming from with that, but I, I am really struggling with because when we we talk to our kids about forgiveness and they're forgiving each other, letting it go, recognizing that they let it go, not because. Not that it evaporates or that makes themselves feel better. I appreciate those comments that you said. Like, we're not forgiving just for us. We're forgiving because this is for the benefit of the other person. That right. they know that whatever that they've done. But that releasing of the 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 idea of vengeance can only come from a heart that is understanding what God has done for us, which is the point of the parable, is that he was forgiven this huge debt and then therefore should have also forgiven his yeah, brother. Sometimes. Um you know, I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying on that, but you know, um, I think that comes with a level of maturity in the Christian faith that not everyone has. Um, and sometimes it's just the reality God forgives and, and took the hit for you. And so you forgive and take the hit for someone else. Um, and you can't let it go. Is that what you're saying? And then, yeah. And then further down, you know, you become a, a, a Joseph that says it's, it's taken me a lot of years. <laughs> it's taken me a lot of years to see um, the Lord's hand and how it has blessed me and, and, and how it has changed uh, for the better. Um, but, you know, maybe when I, when I first pronounced that forgiveness, I didn't see that. Um, and that's one of the things that is just a reality. Um, sometimes you're so close to the event that I don't see the good in it yet. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that my forgiveness isn't yours. I'll, t- I'll, I'll take the hit because the Lord took the hit and I will work through it, but I'm not going to apply it to you anymore. I, I'm, I'm not going to seek vengeance out on you and I'm not going to have hatred for you. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm moving beyond this and, and hopefully the Lord will, will reveal to me the good from it. Um, but maybe I don't have that now. And, and you got to be honest with your kids because if you say, well, you got to forgive from the heart and you got to go get beyond this and let it go. I can't for now. It, it's not about, it's not about, it's not about forgetting. It is just about letting, it is just letting go of your self-perceived right to get even, I think is, is, is how I was. And I would agree it. with that. And, and, and uh, so with kids. <clears throat> um, I want to jump in here for a second. Ahead, Dave. Cause I, I think that, I think that we're saying pretty much the same thing, but maybe phrasing it differently. So there might be a little confusion because I I think we're both saying that, yeah, God's going to take care of us. This person can't do anything against us. 
you know, but what you're pointing out is I may not feel that and I may not see that, but I trust it. And so even if I feel really bad about forgiving them now, I still do it. And, and, and I trust in the future by faith that I will understand it or God will make it clear or when I get to heaven, something will. And so, and I would totally agree with that um, because we trust in God, you know, and he earned that on the cross that, um, you know, he proved his love. He deserves that trust. And, and that's absolutely what we want our kids to have. Um, and I, I think that that's where, you know, I, we phrase things differently. Um, sure. But we're making that same point of, yeah, we take the hit. It's hard now, but we trust. And that's the point that I was trying to highlight, because I think sometimes, at least, and, th and this is how I approach the sermon, so often I hear, well, if you, you know, and this is sometimes from the side of the person who receives forgiveness. Well, you should... <laughs> you forgave me it's over as if now the hurt is gone and and the like and, and miraculously just the sun came out and took the clouds away um and that's not i i really was struggling and i admit it i struggled in the sermon of putting that all together and to say you know this this man this unmerciful servant he was unmerciful because he he was forgiven but he still was left without I mean, they're there, and I didn't mention it necessarily in the sermon, but I, I kind of, I looked at that and I'm like, you know, so the, the, the king was merciful, but mercy doesn't give you what you didn't have. It just took away what you owed. So he had nothing. And instead of trusting that, instead of having that, that, that faith and trust that it would work out, he was reeling from, from the hurt of, of now I have nothing. And when he was confronted with a way to get something, he tried to take his pound of flesh. Um, and, and, and there's an unmerciful nature there that he, he can't rely on the King that allowed him to rack up such a huge debt that that King would still look out for him. That King would still be there for him. Um, and that this act of mercy wasn't the only act of mercy um, that he would ever receive. Um, and in fact, he would have received grace as well. Um, instead, he takes it out on someone else and says, I am without, I don't have, um, you owe me, now I'm going to get ahead. For the first time in my life, I'm going to get ahead. Um, and I didn't focus necessarily on, on that, um, but you sort of see that idea going in, going in through there. Um, and, and the Lord's focus is on the mercy of the Lord. The, the Lord's focus is on the mercy, not getting what you deserve to get. Um, mm -hmm. that, that forgiveness is mercy. First and foremost, forgiveness is mercy. Um, and I think sometimes we say, well, forgiveness is, is, is tantamount to grace, but it's not. Forgiveness is not applying to you what you didn't get or an overabundance. It's not like this undeserved love. Forgiveness is you don't get what you deserve. You, you did not get what you deserved, which is you deserve to be punished. You deserve to have hatred. You deserve to have anger. Um, 
And, and so I am showing you mercy as my Lord has shown me mercy. Now that doesn't, I'm not, I'm not excluding in any way, shape or form a result of grace. Joseph is the perfect example of that. Joseph is the perfect example of not only forgiveness, but also of abundant grace as he is a type of Christ in that area where he, he not only says, I'm not going to hold you accountable for the evil that you've done, but I'm also going to provide for you. I'm going to go a step above. Um, that's the grace. In this parable, though, we're not dealing with the grace. We're dealing with the mercy. We're dealing with what forgiveness where, is. Where, where I would say is that the grace comes in in the motivation part. The, you know, the, the focus of the master, and, and in this case, he represents Christ, is that what does God want out of it? You know, the joy... Christ, who for the joy set before him, scorned the shame of the cross. That joy that was set before him is an eternity with us. You know, that God loves us. And, and so the joy that leads to his forgiveness of us, you know, leads to his... Boy, I'm screwing up English hardcore this time. <laughs> you know, but, you know... And so it's his love for the people that is a, you know, a part of his mercy, you know, and, and you see that in the, both the Hebrew words for, for love and mercy and in the, the, the Greek words for, for grace and, and mercy, you know, that, that they are, you know, they're kind of the same. And, and that's what is missing in the unmerciful servant is he's not thinking about his fellow servant at all, he's only thinking about himself. Oh, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I, I would yeah. disagree. I would disagree that grace and mercy are the same. They're 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 fundamentally different. They're they are they flow from the same heart of our Lord, but they are a fundamentally different concept that 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 the Lord plays on. Grace gives an abundance of what you do not have and could never get. And and mercy is is not receiving what you deserve, and and I think those are two different sides of our Lord's interactions with us. Now I'm not saying they're 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 separate. That 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 I, I think we fall back on on Paul's words: grace, mercy, and peace be yours. Um, it all flows from grace. God's grace that overflows with all things has mercy involved in there. That you're not going to get what you deserve. Um, but in this particular case with this parable, you know, the how, the how comes from mercy. The how, how can I forgive? It comes from mercy. God is not expecting you to be gracious. This is not the lesson to take from this parable, that that he's expecting you to, when someone has hurt you, I, I'm not going to go, I'm going to take a step back. I'm not going to go to the, to the, to the woman who, who just suffered an abuse by a husband um, and say, now you have to be gracious and you have to give more to him than he deserves. I'm, and I, I think you're taking my statement a little too far there when I say grace and, and mercy are, are the same words. Um, and, and the words are, are connected and the ideas are connected. You know, because the the application of those, you know, is going to have to be case specific. You know, right. Because but I, like I said, in this case, it's mercy. It's forgiving the debt. The debt's yeah. gone. But that leads to the man having freedom, the man having his life back, the man having all of those positive things, not just the absence of punishment. 
the the it leads to i mean if you really want to go by the parable the man who leaves without a debt is left with nothing except he still has He's left with, he has, he might have his husband, his wife, he might have. Well, a and that's where I money. totally disagreed with right. you because he still had. He still has a servant. He still has a servant. He still has his right. job, his vocation. Yeah. No money. He still had a hundred denarii owed to him. He still had. <laughs> right. But it's, it's again, like I said, the, 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 the point is the mercy is, is not getting what you deserve. So that was my focus of my sermon was, was, you're still going to, you might still be hurt. Someone who hurts you and you forgive them, you might still be hurt. So. I, I think it's a good focus what you were saying because you, before you got cut off talking about the abusive situation where that would be a misapplying of this text to say if when someone, when you are dealing with someone who is abusive and is continually um, going to be um, coming to you with the same sin and you're saying I'm not holding this against you but I'm not going to give you something that you're that you are now therefore demanding because you say you forgave me so therefore now you have to treat the situation as if it were the same situation as before as if I had never done it you have to you know forget that where in an abusive situation you might say I'm not going to hold this against you but now and this because of this infraction now we have to um, measures have to be taken whatever those measures might be Right. Yeah. And, and again, it comes back. Yeah. It comes back that, that this, it's not the end of the conversation and it should never be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I will admit that in the time frame that I was given to preach the sermon and what I was wrestling with, um, you know, you wrestle with the how the how is of course, Jesus Christ, who is born at all for us. That's the how mm-hmm. changes who we are. Um, does that answer all of the questions that I, I I wish I could have done a better job of? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dave, you know, if bring more grace in, yeah, absolutely. I wish I would have maybe done that. Um, I didn't, I, I, I stuck with the mercy and I stuck with the mercy idea of they're not held accountable to it, but the hurt might still be there. And that's, that's kind of where I. And I just want to point out that, I absolutely agree with you about the abuse situation and even about fixing relationships. You know, that there are times where, yeah, we forgive somebody and we have mercy on them, but that doesn't mean the relationship has been rebuilt or it doesn't mean it has been fixed. Um, you know, there are, are other things at play there. Um, and so just because we're discussing the finer oh. points of the words mercy and grace does not mean we disagree about, you know, those other things. Oh, absolutely not. I don't think we disagree. Yeah. It's just I, I in this in this particular sermon, my focus was not on the grace um, of our Lord who gives us abundantly more than we could ever hope for or ask for. It was on the Lord who does not give us what we deserve. And someone had to carry it. I was hoping we could disagree so we could have a good. I disagree with you on other things. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I, 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 uh-huh. I think, you know, you had that beautiful. I think you had the beautiful. Um, and I would have taken it a different way, you know, comparing it to Joseph. You have the beautiful idea that, that, that the, the, the hurt of and the time that Joseph no longer had with his family because of um what had happened i i I think that was still a pain 
maybe it wasn't the pain that uh, led him to to no longer look out for his family. But I, but I think even though you understand the Lord's will behind it, um, and you see how it was for your good and how he worked it for your good, that pain stills there. Um, that's a hard thing to, to wrap your head around when we talk about forgiveness and we talk about pronouncing it. We have no idea what was in right. Joseph's heart, whether that pain was still there when his brothers were there. <clears throat> but we do have him say it's evil. So it's it, he's not going to say, oh, this was okay that way you did what you did. Like right. this, was, this was God's will. Um, and it was, it's my, it was my problem because I looked at it as evil. You know, I thought, well, you know, I'm sitting there in the cistern and, and because I can't see the good in this, that somehow it's my fault, uh, that somehow right. I have to figure it out. No, this wasn't evil that happened to him. Um, right. my, <clears throat> the text that I preached, I also preached on Matthew 18 and, uh, I did, I did a, a lot of what you said, Will, was, was in my sermon one, uh, in one place or shape or form. For example, you brought ta- grace into it. <clears throat> no, I did not bring grace into it. <laughs> But I uh, was taught when I was talking about uh, that the fact when we forgive something that it doesn't just go away, it doesn't evaporate. I talked about you know student loans, how that's a political conversation right now. Where if our government forgives student loans, somebody has to write the check. Right? That that's something that has to happen. So um, I, I did talk about that as far as um, we have forgiveness has its limits was the theme, and then the two points that I talked about was well we only. Li- forgive others as compassionately as God forgives. And so I spent a lot of time on the heart of the master, how he forgives completely. He doesn't say, I forgive you 99% of it. And you got to pay the other, the 1%, you know, the whole, the Mormon thing where, you know, God doesn't forgive me all of my sins. I got to pay something or other, or God only for, uh, takes away the uh, eternal punishment, but there's still some temporal punishment here. The Roman Catholic concept. No, it is a completely, forgiving uh, it's a compassionate from the heart that forgives compassionately because that's who the master is and completely because that's the master who the master is and then uh, applying that to each individual person as we forgive others as we show mercy this is something that comes from our heart which has been changed a realization of what god has done for us and then also a heart that understands the the complete nature of our forgiving of someone else, of, of letting go of our self-perceived right to get even. Yeah. Um, and then I, I did bring up what the denarian talents, how much that someone comments about the 126,000 years worth of salary for the, the, the 10,000 talents and the three months wages. If you, if you look at denarii as a, as a one day's wage. So, yeah, I didn't go in depth on on breaking down the denarii and the talents. I just said, you know, one was far more than you could ever pay in a lifetime. I mean, mm-hmm. more than yeah. you would ever, we would ever notice. Um, and the other is is something that, you know, you could pay off in under a year. So, yeah, it's good stuff. I, I liked the text and I, and... I know I, I caught into the, I had a, a meeting beforehand and I sort of got here at the tail end of, of uh, Pastor Endorf's retelling of Joseph, but that is a beautiful text. I think this whole entire Sunday just had a, had a bunch of very, very beautiful texts that we look at differently um, as people in the pew. I, I think when you sit in the pew, you look at the, both of these texts differently and they, and, and really the unmerciful servant ends with a lot of law, do it Right. Or, yeah. or the Lord is not gonna is right. gonna be very disappointed with you. Um, 
And Joseph, you you look at it, and, you, and and the part of the law that you look at with Joseph is, I can't be that way. I I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he forgave his brothers, I would have I would have said, now is the time. Dad's dead. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to disappoint him. Um, so I mean, there is there's just some beautiful beautiful forgiveness that can be shared. Um, and what does it mean to forgive, and how does it play out? Mm. So, and also the the second lesson talking about malice. And the, what's going on in the thoughts in, in your in your own heart of what you're wrestling with when it comes to your brother who has sinned against you? Um, oh, and by the way, before we close out the show, uh, the Old Testament lesson is in the, this week's meditation. So, if you want to dig deeper or to reflect more on the sermon, not just from what Pastor Endorf preached on Sunday, it's also in our MPH's uh, meditations for the week. Pastor Endorf, do you did you write the meditation for this week? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you, you, they ask you to write and you don't know which one they wrote and your name's just in the beginning. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, people don't ask me to write stuff. It's... Same here. That's not true. Your, your congregation asks you to write a sermon every week. And I let them down every week because I don't write it out. Yeah. So I got to say, I really enjoy preaching, but if you ask me to write something, that's a nightmare for me. Yeah. So I I was your roommate, Dave, and I've seen your your chicken scratchings, and you have seen mine. Oh, you yeah. know, both of us are not good for yes. in the writing category. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, thank you very much for joining us today on Beyond the Sermon. You can uh, tomorrow Wednesday night we have. Bible online Bible class Romans one. You have to join the group of online Bible study to be a part of that. Thursday we're reviewing a book on on casting nets, and we'll be here next Tuesday as we go beyond the sermon. Uh, join us then. Have a great day. God's blessings on your day. <laughs>